My name is Paul Luna, and you're tuned into FNB Lunacy. I am here today with Stephen Hickmore of Hickmore Recruitment. People hospitality. Yes, and also the Swiss Hotel School as well in, uh, in Ramburg. Talk to us about it. Yeah, so just uh, to give you a little bit of my background, if I can. I mean, I'm, I'm British by, uh, by birth. Um, I think my parents probably were quite happy for me to move 6,000 miles away when I was 21 to South Africa. So I've been here for a long time. Um, started off uh, in the UK with Trust House 40 Hotels <clears throat> as a fourth generation hotelier, um, going back to my great, great, great grandfather, who actually was a baker. Um, the rest of them have been hoteliers of some repute or ill, Ill repute over the years. So I kind of joined the family trade with that, uh, found myself over in South Africa, worked for various hotel groups, and then started my own businesses about 25 years ago. So one of the businesses, permanent recruitment and hospitality. The other one is temporary outsourced staffing and hospitality. And the other one is a rather a good um, uh, hospitality management school uh, called the Swiss Hotel School. That's in Ramburg, which is the, the moment my great love, um, partly because the other two are, are struggling with COVID, <laughs> like everything else. So it's not a big, uh, big call for staffing, but uh, Swiss Hotel School is going really rather nicely. I'm loving that. In your recruitment company, do you yes. work only with management hire, hourly, or both? Yes, I, um, it's, it's largely with management level, um, experienced chefs. Um, that's for the, uh, the permanent side of things. For temporary, we, we place anybody from cleaners to scullers to commie chefs, uh, all the way up to uh, uh, temporary executive chefs uh, countrywide around South Africa. Stephen, what is so bar? Oh, interesting you asked me that question. Uh, so that can, tends to come up on my uh, profile. Well, so bar is an initiative I took when I gave up drinking six years ago. Um, so that tends to then note towards there having been a history before that. Um, so so bar really came out of that awful thing. When you go to a restaurant, you decided that you're not going to drink anymore. And uh, you get confronted with... Uh, a choice of a glass of water or Coca-Cola. And I thought, well, there's got to be more to it than this. So I started researching some excellent alternatives, zero alcohol beers, zero alcohol gins, uh, some of the wines, some of the sparkling wines, and then realized there's a whole world out there that seems to be expanding into uh, products um, that are designed for fun, but not for, not for getting drunk. Um, so Sobar actually is a pop-up bar um, that... Uh, um, runs either for corporates or there's a couple of events that we do, um, which is uh, the mantle on that is party sober or alternatively party like there is a tomorrow. And that's really where that comes from. Interesting enough, we've got an event coming up on the 29th of June, I think it is, uh, which is going to be a party sober event. So it's still ongoing. Um, a lot of people say, well, that's a bit odd. How do you party when you're not drinking? Well, you should try it. It's uh, <laughs> you remember the next day. Uh, you certainly don't normally insult anybody or, you know, or get uh, too uh, touchy-feely with the wrong people. And um, anyway, not revealing too much about my past before that, if you don't mind. <laughs> well, I don't mind, actually. We can talk. <laughs> you were a chef. Who was your inspiration? 
Yeah, interesting enough. I mean, my background, um, I've, I've always loved cooking. I think my, uh, my background as a chef is a little bit more checkered. I, I move, tend to move into, uh, into, into hotel management. Um, inspirations, I suppose, initially, you know, you come across all sorts of mentors uh, as it goes along. And I think some of them are not particularly well-known um, inspirers. Um, but in my, uh, my first very early days in the hotels, there were definitely two or three uh, particular individuals and chefs that uh, inspired me to, um, to push forward and also then maybe survive those first uh, couple of things. My uncle was quite a notable hotelier um, and, um, and uh, I guess I loved going to stay in his hotels or my grandfather's hotels and I think really the idea came from that. That and also the fact that I was pretty stupid at school and really there was very few alternatives for me. I was saying <laughs> tongue in cheek. <laughs> Do you think that the uh, food and beverage industry, the back of the house, the chefs, the kitchen, do you think that they tend to be not as bright people? <laughs> I love that. Yeah, I love that question. Well, you know, obviously, uh, I don't think that. Um, also, having a lot of connection now with the educational side, it's not the case at all. And I think, um, Chef, you probably have felt the same way in your career. There's a lot of very bright people that move into our career, not because they can't do other things, it's that they choose to do something amazing and incredible instead of sit behind a desk the whole time. I think it really does require, doesn't necessarily always need people who are academically bright, but it definitely needs people with a lot of uh, um, EQ, uh, a lot of uh, ability to be able to get on extremely well with people and to be able to multitask. But I think the world's changing a bit. Certainly now we've got a degree um, in hospitality that we're doing. Uh, the chef's program has got quite a lot of management tasks in it is that we're attracting brighter and brighter young things uh, than we had um, before. And it certainly, I mean, we've had our duffers, you know, we've got people that are, uh, are there because they can't necessarily do anything else. But to be a successful anything within hospitality, you've really got to be as bright as a button. It's not going to work uh, coming into the industry thinking that this is a ride for somebody who's not, not academic. You're still somehow going to be able to get through with the maths you somehow got to be able to get through with the intelligent part of this business. Management skills, leadership skills are vital. Um, uh, no, it's uh, it's not a place for uh, um, <clears throat> for for uh, for slackers. That is for sure. Yeah. Talk to us about your podcast, Five Minutes with Silver Fox. So the five minutes that, with the Silver Fox podcast started off as a very simple five minutes interview with people because I thought, well, nobody's going to concentrate that much more for more than five minutes. But it's a lot of fun. I like to interview people within our industry. Um, I like to look at the careers advice type of angle on it. And uh, yeah, five minutes with the Silver Fox. That's what it is. It's not five minutes. <laughs> is there a particular food item you eat that is embarrassing? Yes, definitely. I, I'm a big fan of Heinz baked beans. I, I mean, I'm a I'm a child of the seventies. With a with a, well, unfortunately, my mother's never going to watch this. She's fortunately still alive and eighty five, living in the UK. But she embraced all nineteen seventies convenience foods when we were growing up. So uh, baked beans uh, on toast was a gourmet item for us. Do, do you cook much at home? 
I do. I love cooking at home. I, I'm I'm one of those hero chefs, Paul, or self-confessed ones, is that um, uh, uh, my wife died generally does the day-to-day -day cooking. I mean, our kids have grown up and now it's really, it's just the, well, there's three of us here, my mom-in-law as well. So she does the cooking. And then when it comes to anything that uh, uh, is weekend cooking or party cooking, then I'll do it. Um, so the least I can get the standing ovations. At least on <laughs> but my wife says, you know, I always say, oh no, she loves cooking. She doesn't. She says, you know, all these MasterChef programs where the contestants are asked the question, what is your key ingredient? And they always say, I cook with love. And I always think, oh, that's, that's terrible. Um, so my wife always says she doesn't, uh, she doesn't cook with love. Um, she cooks with resentment. <laughs> <laughs> Which I think you can taste the resentment in her food yeah where do you see the food industry the hospitality industry headed into after the pandemic yeah uh wonderful question uh, certainly the customers are going to want if they're going to go out they're going to want something special um run of the mill ain't going to crack it anymore um so yes, we've seen a lot of restaurants close down here. Um, I think people, because they're maybe strained a little bit more economically, then it's got to be good. It's not a matter of price. I think people are still pay for something that's wonderful, but it better be wonderful. Um, I've seen and chatting to, to chefs uh, around town a week ago, I went to go and sort of visit a number of them in the Santon area. They've transformed their menus from being typical maybe hotel style menus where there's quite a lot of style in it, quite a lot of fussiness in it into really good sort of full homegrown comfort food. And that's what people seem to be demanding. And also we've realized that maybe we've been serving people the wrong thing all this time. So one of the particular hotels that I went to wasn't an experiment. He's been playing with it for ages, but the chef moved things along to things like oxtail and um, um, you know good cuts of meat and good hearty food. And they've increased their turnover by about 30% in changing their menu during this time. So I think, where is it going? It's going very much back to core values, core service. Where I don't think it's going, and maybe this is a, a, a thing of age, is everybody's talking about um, artificial intelligence and fourth industrial revolution. Uh, you know, I'm seeing a lot going down that route, but I think I'm making an enormous mistake. Ultimately, this is the hospitality industry. It's a face-to-face -face industry. It doesn't work if you put a robot in it. It doesn't work um, if you've got to check yourself in or you've got to use some fancy way of being able to get room service. What people really do want is when they go somewhere, uh, they, they want a home from home. Hospitality was never about leaving it for somebody else to do. You know, you're gonna be hospitable yourself. Um, and yes, I do think the hospitality industry is trying to cut corners and go into the realm of, uh, of self-service everything. But I think this is gonna be a fundamental mistake. Um, I think we're gonna get more artisan. I think we're gonna get more, um, uh, people are more interested in the old style skills um, and, and good old fashioned um, um, front of house service, good old fashioned personalities uh, within it. So that's where I think it'll go ultimately after we've gotten over employing robots. Is there anything of importance you would like to share with us? Yeah, okay, here's the important thing, right? Please share your vaccines with us. <laughs> you know, down here, look, we're not that far. We're right down, we're probably as far down south as you ever want to go, but we need vaccines. Thank you. <laughs>
Are you a breast or a legs man? Oh my God, I'm a tit man like you would not believe. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I've born and brought up in the UK. It's, it's, it's fabulous for that, yeah. You know, I don't mean to be politically, I don't mind legs. I mean, legs are obviously important, but yeah, you got me there. Yeah. <laughs> in fact, in everything kind of a man, to be frank. Anyway, is the wife just checking? Are you here, love? No, she's not here, right? <laughs> <laughs> what do you, you Paul? And you on on? Oh, are you talking about chickens though? Oh, right, no, definitely a breast man with chicken. <laughs> <laughs> what do you enjoy doing when you're not working? Oh, I'm a musician, um, so I love playing music, and I do play a little bit locally with people and stuff. So I absolutely love that. Stephen, do you consider yourself a lunatic? Yeah, I do. I, I think I, I'm also verified lunatic. Um, I think there's some people around here that would be able to give me a piece of paper to say, uh, you're a complete nut in that case. <laughs>